your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Division crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. In this series, between now and the time that opening night starts, I, the host of Locked On Panthers, will be getting together with each of the different hosts across the Atlantic Division to talk about the upcoming season, offseason moves, and what to expect between your Florida Panthers and the different hosts that I talk to and what they think of their teams heading into this upcoming season. Of course, with the NHL going back to a regular 82-game season, that means the Florida Panthers are back to face their Atlantic Division foes, along with teams outside of the division, but the teams that will be more emphasis when it comes to each and every Florida Panthers games will be the teams as follows. The Detroit Red Wings, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, Buffalo Sabres, Ottawa Senators, Boston Bruins, and the Montreal Canadiens. In this first edition of this preseason division crossover, we are going to be talking with Nolan Bianchi and Scotty Bentley from the Locked On Detroit Red Wings podcast to talk about how we think of our offseason, and what the expectations are for each of our teams, and what to what we deem as a successful season in this upcoming 2021-22 season. So now let's get to the conversation between me and the host of the Locked On Detroit Red Wings podcast. All right, at this time, we are now joined by a very special guest. He is the host of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, Armando Velez. Welcome to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. How's it going, my friend? Uh, what's up, Nolan? What's up, Scotty? Uh, great to be chatting with you guys. Uh, it's, it's been a little while since we've done a crossover since uh, the first time these uh, teams faced against each other in the previous season. But hey, Atlantic Division is back, even though we're in the same division as the previous year. And it's, it's going to be a fun one. I'm definitely looking forward to this season. I got to be honest, that was the most annoying, like, uh, crossover team to, like, uh, that couldn't we, like, lose the Panthers, you know, in this whole thing? Like, I was, I was really hoping for that. I don't know what it is uh, about the Florida Panthers. They gave the Red Wings a lot of trouble last year. There was always some, some physical kind of uh, altercation in the game, uh, what have you. Mm. I was real sick of the Panthers. Um, but I like mm-hmm. the Panthers, Armando. I like the Panthers coming into the season. I think that they are on an upswing. So let's talk about it because we just got off of an interview with Adam Danker, host of Lockdown Lightning. And he told us, Armando's probably going to tell you that the Cats can go 82 and 0 this year. Don't let him do that. We're not going to let you <laughs> do that. Those were his parting words. He Those literally were his parting words. <laughs> Before he said goodbye, that is what he told us. Yes. <laughs> so, what are your expectations for your Florida Panthers this season? <laughs> I think before I get there, um, I think the reason why the two teams got tired of each other is because they got rid of their games like early in the season. Their their games were done by mid February, late yeah. February. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And so th- I think I think that's why. I think if it was more spread out, there it, there would have been a uh, le- less of that. But 
as far as my expectations for uh, the Florida Panthers this season, um, this was more of a run it back mentality when it comes to like what Bill Zito was doing. Um, there is a lot of the players that the Florida Panthers were playing well in spite of, for example, Keith Yandel, he got bought out is now playing with the Philadelphia Flyers. They were able to get rid of the contract of Anton Stroman to the Arizona Coyotes because the Arizona Coyotes are just taking assets like it's nothing and uh, creating that cap space for uh, next offseason with a lot of the expiring ones. And um, they lost uh, Chris Drieger to the expansion draft, but he was going to be a UFA anyway. So that was uh, it was a no harm, no harm, no foul situation. And Alex Wengberg uh, also signed a contract with the uh, Seattle Kraken as well and my expectations for this season is at least top two in the Atlantic division because uh, they they were able to build well this offseason with all comp with the complementary pieces from what they already had it was an encouraging sign of what they were able to do a lot of people myself included argue that the Florida Panthers were that team that gave the Tampa Bay Lightning the hardest of times uh, in this past postseason, and anyone in that central division, including the Carolina Hurricanes, could have gone all, possibly all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Um, and only only one out of that division had to uh, had to get out. So, but th- as far as uh, this season, either one one or two, uh, and hopefully for the first time since 1996, hopefully a uh, a uh, playoff uh, series win, which I'm hoping for. What do you it's been that long, eh? Like, that's like not even like, I'm not trying to be an a-hole, but like, I was just like, geez. Um, so I, I guess I, I think in terms of uh, like ceilings and floors a lot. So if, if the, if the ceiling or the expectation is like top two in the division, what would be like, like, what is your like doomsday? What is your like worst case scenario? What would have to happen for, for the wheels to completely fall off the track? I think I, I I think if you miss the playoffs it is a complete and utter failure. And the trade that they had with the Buffalo Sabers for Sam Reinhart, the first round pick is conditional. So if they if that pick were to fall into the top ten of the draft lottery, Florida keeps their pick, and that first round pick uh, becomes 2023's first round pick with no conditions on that. But if you're the Florida Panthers, you do not want that. Sure, a top ten pick is nice. Um, it, it's a it's a great it's a great position to be in. But as far as a team who has lots of expectations after they went through a five year drought of not making the playoffs, made it, and we're we're just one game away from forcing a game seven at home. And the 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 floor of this team is, I would say, if they do miss the playoffs, though, however. It would be like by at least like five or five or six points. It's not going to I don't think if they miss it, it's going to be like they're like way out of it, like 10, sure. 10, 10 points out. I think if they do miss, it's going to be because some catastrophic injury happened to like either Barkov or Huberto or goalie play just becomes a disaster, which which I don't anticipate. But that would be the floor. So you like obviously things outside of the team's control can go wrong and, and can tank a season, but the Florida Panthers, you just kind of alluded to it. Are those team one of those teams where they kind of just struggle to put it together on a year to year basis mm-hmm. where just because they appear to be on an upswing doesn't mean that they're going to be on that upswing 
next year? What gives you the confidence that they will be able to, like you said, run it back? Obviously, they had some nice additions this year uh, in the offseason. They got uh, Sam Bennett at the deadline. I, I think this team is a good team, and especially up front uh, on the forward lines, are a ton of depth, which I, I like for – uh, I think bodes well for, you know, being a contender over the course of the season, but what gives you confidence that they won't panther themselves, you know, that they won't, <laughs> for lack of a better term, like, you know, kind of just mm-hmm. slip away and let all that momentum just, just go away. I think of how, especially the decor, how they were, um, especially players like a Mackenzie Weger and a Gus Forzine played once Aaron Eckblad went down with that horrific fracture last season when they played against the Dallas Stars of how it wasn't, it didn't completely fall apart and they didn't have a losing streak more than three games last year. They had two separate three game losing streaks and that's the most they ever have last season. And Aaron Ekblad's coming back. He's skating. He's uh, practicing at the ice den. So he's going to be in the lineup for opening night. That was originally going to be a 12 week at most fracture for Aaron Ekblad. So if the Panthers had it advanced further into the playoffs, the earliest he would have came back was the conference final had, well, at, not conference final last year, but um, the se- Stanley Cup semifinal. But with uh, the, the decor playing, not holding the fort while he was gone, you're sure, the power play went stale a little bit when he got hurt because he was the, basically the goal scorer on the, on the, on the, on the left wing on that, on that power play. But I think, I think with how now more of mixing and matching with your top two are going to be Ekblad Uyghur. Now with how Forsling, Gustav Forsling has played ever since he was um, claimed from the Florida Panthers from when he was weighed by Carolina, now you have more mixing and matching from the bottom two pair defensemen as well. And I, I, I just think that the Panthers... They've, all, they've always had the offensive firepower the last few seasons. The issue has always been the people up front. And, of course, the, the, goal, the, the goaltending. Bobrovsky hasn't looked like Vesna Bobrovsky in, in his first two years of that contract. And I'm not expecting him to be Vesna Bobrovsky, but I'm expecting a better season, though, from him. So uh, Anton Lundell is, is in camp. Finally, right. I, so mm-hmm. I have to ask what expectations for him this season. Obviously, the, the hype around him going forward for, for years to come is very high for this season specifically. Like he's finally in camp for the first time. Super fun. What uh, what what are you expecting out of him? When do you expect him up, down and all that? Well, with the signing of Joel Thornton, it makes it a little bit more confusing, I'll say, because what what does that mean as far as? Anton Lundell starting as the three C for this Florida Panther team. Does it mean that he's going to be automatically make this team and skip the AHL? Does that mean that because Joe, Tor- Joe Thornton doesn't miss game, even, right. <laughs> even at 42 right. years old. So that, that also means that a player like Yuho Lamico is likely not going to play every night. Uh, that means Nolachar is likely going to shift to the wing instead of being the fourth line center, but it, it makes it a little confusing. So before the signing, I said Anton Lundell starting the three C and eventually make his way up to the two because uh, Sam Re- both Sam Reinhart and Sam Bennett can play the wing. So the, the, the goal is to eventually get him to two C. 
As far as this season specifically, I'm I'm, I'm going to say he makes it. I'm I'm going to say he I'm going to say he makes the team because uh, they just had they just wrapped up their uh, development camp this week, and all we hear is great things about Anton Lundell. Uh, um, him and uh, Grigory Denisenko. Grigory Denisenko didn't play a lot of games last season, only racking up uh, four assists, four points total, in uh, in the on the NHL level last year. There, there's some, there's a lot of hype around them, and there, and I, I, I don't mind Anton Lindell starting off in the bottom six, eventually making his way up to uh, the two C, right behind Barkov. Florida's goaltending situation. You talked about Bobrovsky earlier, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I do want to get this on the pod. What do you like about Bobrovsky being there in front of this kid who could very well be the next Carter Hart for good reasons and bad? You know, like Spencer Knight is, it's, it's a weird situation there where like he is, is the guy with the least amount of pressure as a recent 11th overall pick, 10th overall pick, whatever it was, 13th, I think maybe. 13th. Um and, and that situation just as a whole is like very interesting to me because of that. And, and I'm curious to know, like how you feel about that situation in general. Do you like that for Spencer Knight? Do you not like it for Sergei Bobrovsky? How do you see it like playing out and the nuance behind it as the season might go on? I mean, Spencer Knight does have two years left on his ELC, so you don't have to pay him yet. The difficult part of it when it's time to pay for him. That's the, that's the number one thing. So no so, worries in the immediate uh, future, though. In the immediate future, no. Okay. So if, if you, the, the number, the, the performance from Bobrovsky from year one to year two improved, it still isn't, like I said, it still isn't Vesna Trophy caliber play from Sergei Bobrovsky. And, of course, the play you saw during the playoffs, that you, the play when Spencer Knight was there just went through a whole different level. And I see it as maybe a 60-40 timeshare, maybe 50-50. But if it, if it is 60-40, I think it's going to be in favor of Bobrovsky because you've got to give it to the veteran. The, the, kid, the, the kid, Spencer Knight, is 20 years old. They don't play an 82-game season in college, obviously. So he's going to be probably on the 40% side unless Sergei Bobrovsky's play is just not there. And with, with the defense that is improved and that they have more in front of him, then. I think in the immediate future, it's not going to be an issue. Okay. Once he becomes an RFA, then we're talking three years left on his contract uh, for Sergey Bobrovsky at $10 million. So they, they bought out Keith Yandel's contract. I'm not necessarily saying immediately go buy out Sergey Bobrovsky. Go do it and right then and there. It's a last resort, but Yandel, Keith Yandel's buyout will be off the book. So if his play is that bad, then you might have to make the tough decision um, to do it. But I don't how, how much money will Spencer Knight command? Uh, mm-hmm. We saw the Vegas Golden Knights uh, combine two goalies for like $13 million before Marc-Andre Fleury was traded. So will you have uh, $13 million um, um, or $14 million between two goalies? Chances are you might. But mm-hmm. if, 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 the, if the play declines that much with that contract, it, it it might it might have to happen, but if he plays just um a, a little bit of a better notch that he did in the in the previous season, year two was better than year one. Let's okay. see if year, let's see if year three is better than year two. Right on. 
All right, uh, let us go into a quick break, and then we'll come back with Armando Velez from the Lockdown Panthers podcast. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survival contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Yes, 100%. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which equals make a bet on Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL. 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports, from football to basketball to boxing to hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch all the games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. All right, welcome back to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Detroit Red Wings podcast. With the season about to begin for both these teams and two different directions that these teams are going in, it's now my turn to ask Scott and Nolan about the Detroit Red Wings. So, guys, um, there's there was quite a few uh, players who. Uh, made their way out of on this roster. Uh, there was a few uh, players left from the Ken Holland days. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list them for my listeners. Franz Nielsen, Bobby Ryan, Luke Glendening, Darren Helm, and Jonathan Bernier. Uh, and, and there was also a, a few players added to, to the mix. Uh, Pia Suter, Nick Letty, and my, my favorite one of them all, Alex Nedeljkovic uh, in, that, in that trade with Carolina. What is Carolina doing? But I want to get your opinion on uh, the off-season uh, transactions, the the mindset of Steve Iserman, and what what are your thoughts going into this season specifically? Uh, well, like kind of off the top, they have a second line. Like that is the thing that is that is most notable to me heading into this season is that they should have a formidable second line and the chance at having a formidable third line too. I think what you're going to start to see this year for the Red Wings is that bottom stick start to fill itself out with guys who are going to be here in the future, whether it be Giovanni Smith, 
whether it be Michael Rasmussen, whether it be Joe Volano, Lucas Raymond, Jonathan Bergen, we really don't know who is going to make this team out of camp. And I think there are a couple interesting guys who have a very strong case to make this team out of camp. Whether or not that will end up coming to fruition, I don't know. The Red Wings seem to kind of, regardless of the fact that they are one of the bottom-dwelling teams in the NHL, they want to make their prospects earn that first call-up, that first, you know, making the team feeling. I, I think more than anything else, like that is going to be the biggest difference in this team this year uh, and, and from this team last year because some of the guys you were just naming there, like Bobby Ryan was a second, sometimes first-line guy for the Red Wings last year. That's not – I love Bobby Ryan. That's not ideal. Um, you know, and, and you're going to kind of start to see that turnover a little bit this season. You mentioned the decor too. Danny DeKaiser's still here, though. Mark Stahl's still here, though. So that'll be kind of interesting to see how they work, how they blend that, that old with the new. But you get the sense that Nick Letty's going to be a great tutor for Murray Sider. You get the sense that Troy Stetcher's going to have a good season. Phil Verona can hopefully bounce back. And that's four pretty good defensemen right there. Mark Stahl had a decent season last year, given the circumstances. And Danny DeKaiser is, unfortunately for him, working his way back from back issues and, and uh general decline of play so we'll see there but I think when you just look top to bottom at both the forward defense and then the goaltending crew like you just mentioned the Nadelkovich pickup over the offseason I think you start to, to say this is an NHL hockey team how often they'll show it we're not sure how often you know or, or how much of the bottom six which is right now kind of composed of, of veterans um, and then you know Adam Ernie Michael Rasmussen like that is going to kind of nobody really knows how that's going to play off too. So I think that's going to be the, the fun thing to watch is the transition of the bottom six and then potentially a couple of those defensive spots over the season as well. Yeah, I, I think the, I mean, Nolan nailed the biggest part is going to be the fact that for the last three years, we've been one line on offense. We've had one line. If you shut down the first line uh, with, with Larkin, Mantha and, and Bert, then it was just like you won the game and that, and that was it. Um, and then the fact that we have an actual top six that's that's somewhat respectable and solid, I think, is going to be the biggest difference on offense. And then I think the biggest thing for this season is just going to be the youth movement. And, you know, I mean, people are I don't think people are going to get too terribly hung up on on wins and losses this year. Specifically, it's really just going to be how quickly does Raymond get here? Um, how does Cider look? Uh, Giovanni Smith, we just extended him like you, you're just going to see this this youth movement kind of come through and, and it's been years in the making and you're finally going to start seeing it get put together. And I think that's really the biggest thing. I, I, I don't think anyone expects a, a crazy high point total, but as long as the, the kids are getting playing time and looking good, I think that's really uh, everyone's expectation and, and going to keep everyone pretty happy. Uh, breaking news. It appears that Tyler Bertuzzi's, um, Wife slash girlfriend is pregnant. So shout out Tyler Bertuzzi. Wow. That'll be something to watch. Congratulations. For Tyler Bertuzzi Bert. becoming a dad. <laughs> Congratulations, Bert. So so one thing that um Detroit in the last few in the last few seasons, they they've they've had the their their high draft picks. They were able to nail the definitely the Dylan Larkin pick back in uh twenty fifteen, right at number fifteen. And um Number six seems to be uh, a very uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, kind of number when it comes to the draft. It feels like they're always at number six. Um, just the name of just the name of you, Bill Zena, Moritz Sider, and now their uh, re- re- recent draft pick, uh, 
Simon Edmondson um, in in this most uh, recent draft. But I, I do wanna I do wanna talk about uh, you guys had um, Jesper Wallstadt on the show. This saying this mostly for uh, my listeners, but in in the draft, uh, the Detroit Red Wings made the surprising move of trading up. I believe it was nine spots or eight, one of the two, to select uh, Sebastian Cosa. Uh, what are you guys thinking of that pick and his uh, hopefully? eventually making his way to uh as like a one-two punch between uh kosa and nadelkovich um you want to take this one scotty sure man yeah sure <laughs> uh so so yeah we were it, it, it's wild we did we did a ton of draft pro- profiles over here uh did we're cranking out three four um uh prospect profiles a week and and doing full breakdowns bringing in people from different websites and um we I, uh, the reason why he asked me is I, I fell in love with Jesper during the whole process. And, and then we had him on the show and, and it was a, a really cool thing. And, and we were all, uh, Nolan and I went to the, the, the draft party at Little Caesars Arena and went to watch the draft. And uh, we see that we're trading up and like, okay, well, we got to take a goalie. We're getting Jesper. And then it was Kosa. And, and it, was, it was definitely a shock for everyone, not just us, everyone there. It was, it was definitely a shock because um, it, through everyone that we had talked to during draft season. And, and, and like I said, I mean, we were cranking out guests and, and doing almost one a day at one point during, uh, before the draft. And, and every single person had just reiterated that Jesper Wallstedt was like one of the best goalie prospects in, in years. And, and like he was called generational by a couple of people, like, like just on a whole pedestal, like, like league of his own when it came to goalie prospects for this year's draft. And then we trade up and don't take him. And we were like, and it was shocking. Um, but the thing is, and, and Nolan and I are shocked. And then there's the pictures that, that our followers love to, to throw at us of our like reactions to it. But the thing was, there's there's such a there's such a faith in Iserman that the second we were like the shock wore off and we were like, okay, like like it's Kosa. It was like, all right, well, like it's Kosa then. And like and like we we it like he's better than Jesper. Like that's all there is to it. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like, like if that's what Steve says, that that's truth, that's gospel. So um I think people are super excited and, and we did uh we did a couple of profiles on him after as after we drafted him and we learned that he was on the team and stuff um, and and brought in goalie experts that that kind of explained to us why he he from like a tactical perspective. Jesper's in a league of his own, but you're talking about raw talent and raw ceiling like Kosa is right there with him and, and could be something really, really special. And so I, people are really excited, man, like like it, it really. Like I said, there, there was definitely an initial shock for sure because it, it was a, a objectively a shocking move, but that it really did it really did wear off pretty quickly, and I think everyone fully supports the kid and, and the decision at this point. It's it's hard not to when you when you're talking about a six eight dude in that like it's hard not to be like all right, well like that sounds kind of fun, you know what I mean? So and and then bringing in a goalie too like that helps the situation too because now we have a a mid twenties uh, goalie as well. And, and so, yeah, I, I think people are really happy with the future of the goalie situation as a whole and the coast to pick at this point. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is goal, goalie last year wasn't even the, the issue for the Detroit, Red right? Red. Both, both, uh, both Thomas Grice and uh, Jonathan Bernier were both had a GAA under, under three. So 
the the issue has always been the scoring aspect uh for for the Detroit Red Wings you you pretty much get, get um you I don't know if Johnny Jonathan Bernier was going to walk anyway from Detroit but getting getting uh getting Nedeljkovic offering the money that Carolina wasn't going to uh to uh give him and and draft draft Koza that's just such a big win-win situation uh for the Detroit Red Wings a lot of cap is clearing next year so they could a be, lot they could be <laughs> they could be a, a year away from making a big splash but we're gonna get that into the next segment uh next segment we're going to talk about what our final predictions for both of these teams are for next season so stay tuned guys did you know that built bar has so many delicious flavors there's something for everyone when you talk to a built bar fan they're definitely passionate about their faves if you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my flavor, favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, Bilt Bars, any anything cookies and cream related why not it's a very obvious choice if you haven't ha tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors not only are built bar flavors the best tasting but they're healthy too check out the macros 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 four to five grams of sugar and only four to five net carbs Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor, which is like the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at Built.com. Welcome to this final segment of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Detroit Red Wings podcast. In, in this segment, we're going to talk about bold predictions for the season and what to, to to expect from both of these teams. And I want to start off uh, with you guys. Um, like I said in the previous segment, um, you guys, the Detroit Red Wings have had a load of top 10 picks, nailed the Dylan Larkin pick, got the Sebastian Cosa pick right at number 15. But as far as where they, they land, what would you deem as a uh, successful season for the Detroit Red Wings? I would say anything that isn't like a, a, a terrible tank, you know, like anything that, that doesn't include five, 10 game losing streaks, anything that doesn't include them embarrassing themselves on a regular basis. I think, um, you know, I, I want to, there's so there's a wins and loss kind of setting. I kind of want to break it up into two different things because last year, the wins and losses, honestly, all things considered, they weren't that terrible, especially considered, uh, you know, what they put forth in, in the 1920 season. Like, it was a dramatic step forward from that standpoint. But the types of games they lost and the way they lost games, I think of the first game against the Florida Panthers this past season. I think 
I think it was the first game against the Panthers where Florida was up three nothing in the first 10 minutes of the game or something like that. It was like four to nothing, something like real quick. The, the Rocco Grimaldi hat trick game. He had a hat trick in the first 10 minutes against the, the Predators. They got pumped by the Predators like seven to nothing, like two or three times last year. That type of stuff, like that has to stop. And I know that like every team has their bad losses here and there, but this was, these were regular occurrences where the Knights, they won. It was, it was a scrappy, hard fought game, could have gone any direction, but the games they lost were so clearly you know, in the opposition's favor, or it was a close loss that the Red Wings didn't deserve to be in, or you just never felt like, dang, the Red Wings dominated tonight. It was, look at this other team playing terrible. And I think I would like to see a little bit of that going away next season where you can watch games and be like, well, yeah, they're, they're winning three, nothing because they should be winning three, nothing, not because Tampa Bay is starting, you know, my grandma in, in that tonight, you know, like it, it, those are the types of things that I would like to see more so than wins and losses, I think. I, I don't want them to be in the tank because I don't think that's good for, for young core's confidence. I don't think that would be beneficial to Larkin, Bertuzzi, those guys if they kept losing in the way that they have in previous seasons. But I think from an on-ice perspective, you can kind of be okay with some of those wins and losses once you tell me how they came about. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think anything that's, that's – uh, if our lottery odds – are outside of the top like four or five and the the kids get a lot of playing time. I think that's a successful season. Like I said earlier in the show, I I don't think, I don't think people are going to be too caught up on wins and losses or or point totals. Again, assuming that they're not like Nolan said, just like, you know, 2019 ask, which I don't think is going to happen. I think that, for the most part, people are just going to want to play in relatively competitive losses and and see the kids get as much playing time as possible, which which is that part might be left up to question because Blashill has a has a is a big, you know, you, you got to earn your playing time kind of a guy and not really a, a guy that's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, youth movement. Let's just play all the kids immediately. Uh, he, he's very much a. a, a slow into uh um integration i guess you would call it so it'll be interesting to see kind of what he does in in that regards but yeah i i really just think if if cider is getting a lot of playing time if raymond's up at some point um and we're not getting you know blown out and don't finish the season with top three lottery odds i think people are going to be pretty happy and those are things that you can't necessarily always see in the box score or, or as far as like the stat sheet, like how close these games are. Sometimes, sometimes as far as like watching the games, you got to see, did they put up a fight? Are they, are, is, is, are, do they look, do they look disinterested after, after so many losses? Because it's so easy. It can be so easy for players to be disinterested if, if they're getting blown out, but if they're keeping things close then players are going to want to keep, going and going and even even if they fall short so it's an encouraging sign for for Detroit that's that's for sure now you said at the top of the show and this can kind of be your prediction because you said you want the the Panthers to be in the top two of this Atlantic division who do you think rounds out the playoff teams from the Atlantic this year and and kind of how do you see that shaking out you can take the the top other team and just make them interchangeable with the Panthers. So whoever doesn't finish first finishes second, and then give me your third team, and then do you think another team will sneak in, or maybe even two teams? Because I think this division could be pretty interesting this year, especially with Ottawa 
being on the come up, I think they're a year ahead of the Red Wings, which to me would mean that this is the year that they challenge for playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say one or two is Tampa Bay and Florida, um, which means which means they won't face each other in round one. <laughs> so, uh, and that means there is a, there could be a chance to advance in the in the past the first round. Um, so, I think number three. Uh, I think t- number three is going to be Toronto. Uh, the of, of course we could joke all all we want about them uh, may, being so great in the regular season and then uh, their their lack of postseason uh, success. But I think they I think they have a chance to really uh, get in that in that three. Boston I think is going to be one of the wild cards because they are getting up there in age. Uh, Patrice Bergeron isn't getting a- any younger. Uh, that's for sure. And they just lost David Krejci as well. There's there's still the questions about Tuka Rask's uh, return uh, for the Bruins uh, when when he'll be back. So I I think that Boston could um, be in the Boston can go either way, but they could also go either way as well. Um, here, like you mentioned, Ottawa. Pierre Dorian just came out the other day and said that the rebuild's over. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, you're you're very you're sounding very confident in your squad, but I think they uh, missed the playoffs. Buffalo, I mean, <laughs> like. <laughs> I think I think they're going to be finished uh, probably uh, uh, last again. Montreal and Montreal is a strange one. I've never um, when it comes to a, a team that made the Stanley Cup final just last year and the amount of turnover that happened on their squad. I, I think they I think they could just be just outside the playoffs. And if they do, they'll sneak in with like a point or two uh, just above the line or they might miss it by a point or two. So I think I think that's kind of like how the division will round out. But that uh, one or two, one of one or two is going to be uh, Florida or Tampa Bay, in my opinion. Excellent. Uh, anything else before we head off? Um, well, th- this will be the time to plug our stuff. So tell my listeners uh, what um, where they can find you and your work. Yeah, check us out. Uh, I'm at Nolan Bianchi. Our podcast is at LO underscore Red Wings. Uh, aside from hosting. Lockdown Red Wings. I also am a freelancer for the Detroit News and PlayMichigan.com, so you can go check out work in uh, both those places. Uh, my Twitter is at Bentley Scotty, and I am also uh, the host of Lockdown Tigers. So if you're a baseball fan, then uh, yeah, we got we got a lot of a uh, lot of fun stuff. September baseball, baby. A lot a lot of fun stuff mm-hmm. happening over there too. So at uh, at locked on tigers is the is the twitter and yeah just saying through the same network and everything so easy to find and for the red wings listeners uh my uh my at is at monoman 12 uh also uh at lo underscore fla panthers and yes listen to locked on red wings listen to locked on tigers where if you're um, happen to be a Miami Marlins fan that you could hear Scott talk about our former boy Miguel Cabrera where as he yes, just sir. Uh, hit his uh, 500th home run so uh so check check it out there both both those podcasts and of course right here locked on Panthers make sure to subscribe thank you once again to Nolan Bianchi and Scotty Bentley for doing this crossover edition of the locked on Panthers podcast with myself we're gonna try to nail as much of these as possible with the six other Hosts across the Locked On Network in the Atlantic Division. Of course, with us having day jobs as podcast hosts, that also means that we might have different recording schedules as far as getting together to create crossover episodes together. So going to try to get every single person within the division 
on the show. So make sure to be on the lookout for crossovers for every single division opponent that the Florida Panthers will be facing this season. And having an episode hopefully similar to the one we had today with uh, Scotty Bentley and Nolan Bianchi. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so be notified every single time. The Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Lockdown Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blog specials, Wrong team favorite picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Wherever you get podcasts, Sorry, Armando Velez with Nolan Bianchi and Scotty Bentley, and you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. <laughs>